I love seeing what they come up with, just leaving it to their imaginations. It really adds to the magazine. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So today, Andrew, on our podcast, we have a guest who flew all the way in from Virginia, actually virtually. Nah, she's still in Virginia, (laughs) but it is always good to have a guest, and especially this one. Yes, we have Megan Horst on our podcast with us today. And Megan, we are so proud of you for the work that you do here at IEW. Megan is the editor of of our magnum opus magazine. She's not just the editor. She's the editor, designer, manager, ad salesperson. She pretty much is the magnum opus magazine. Tis true. Tis true. And what's interesting is that uh, just a year ago, she said, I want to work harder. And so instead of (laughs) just publishing a print magazine once a year, we now have four online magazines. It's it's basically laid out as if it were a print magazine, but people can page through it and see it and all the wonderful articles in the magazine on online. So we actually publish this magazine. Is that correct, Megan? Five times including the print magazine or four times including the print magazine? Yes, that is correct. We're doing three digital magazines and then the one print magazine. So I don't know if our listeners know why this is called magnum opus, because that may or may not be something that we ever said. I don't even know if I told you, Megan. (laughs) Well, yeah, Andrew, tell the story of why why do we call it that? Yeah, see, when I met Dr. Webster in 1990, if you can believe it was that long ago, and uh, learned the writing program up with the teacher training in Gruard in, in northern Alberta when I traveled up to Canada. One of the things that he said that he always suggested, and many of the teachers did, and he, he did, was put together at the end of the school year a collection of one piece of the best writing of all the kids in the class. So could be, you know, 30, 35 kids. Class sizes were, were larger then. They would, of course, then have to bind it. And there wasn't easy photocopying back in the days of Dr. Webster and Mrs. Ingham's teaching. So they would actually take the original piece that the child hand wrote, one for each child, get illustrations if they could, and they would bind it into a book and put it in the library as that class's book contribution of that year. So gradually the school library was building up, you know, several classes year after year after year, a collection of these magnum opus books. Webster talked about the importance and value of being able to motivate kids by saying, okay, take your best piece now and polish it up and make it even better 
because it's going in the magnum opus, which, of course, in Latin means great work. So uh, I took that idea, thought, well, you know, I don't have a class of kids in that same way, but we have homeschool students all over the country. So I, w- do you remember when we started? Does anyone remember? Yes. It was actually right after I first started working for you, which would have been 11 years ago. We had Denise, at the time, Corella, start off with the magnum opus vision. And right. She started helping us put this together, and then we moved to Oklahoma, and she didn't, and we looked for someone else, and lo and behold, Megan put up her hand or was voluntold. To yeah, help us out possibly. With <laughs> but Megan, of course, our, our love for Megan goes way, way, way back because uh, Laura tells about her kids, mm-hmm. and uh, she had a couple reluctant writer boy types, but she had this one girl who was writing a novel at what age were you when you started your book, <laughs> Megan? Pretty young, probably 14. Yeah. 14, 15. And unlike uh, many young teenagers who start books, you actually finished yours. I did, yes. It was published my freshman year of college. Yeah. And then you went in to study journalism, is that correct? I did, huh? And I graduated with a degree in print journalism. So can we just back up to the book? Because I bet some of our listeners would like to know the name of the book and if they can actually get it. Is that true, Megan? Can they actually <laughs> can still it, purchase it? Can it be bought? They, they can. I will say as the, the first piece that I published, um, it, it's not my best. <laughs> but it is still for sale. It's called Passage to Freedom. It's about a Jewish girl during World War II. I've also recently published a children's book. I'm starting to write a children's book series called Bailey Ballerina. Cute. So that's oh. another one that is for sale as well. And that is, of course, because your main career at the moment, rather than journalism, is ballet instructor, ballet school owner, I believe. Is that right? It is, yes. I own and direct a school of the arts. So we have a lot of dance and art and music classes. But I do um, keep my feet in the water with the journalism field as well. I write for a couple different magazines in the Virginia area. And then, of course, Magnum Opus, too. Well, I'm curious, do you see any similarities between writing and dancing? Well, I do write all of our performances, so the, the last one, we just did a story of Corey Ten Boom, and I wrote it into a full-length ballet. So my writing skills definitely transfer over every year when I write our spring production. Wow. Megan, I wish, I wish you could see our faces. Both Andrew and I are <laughs> gaping at each other like, that's incredible. Wow. <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. And then, of course, just the, the everyday having a business, communicating with parents and students through emails and newsletters and all of that as well. When you write a ballet, what do you write? I, I mean, is it, it's choreographing, I would assume. It is. And so you somehow figure out who goes where and what they do with their body, and then you, you're able to record that? How, how does that look? For, yeah, how do you well, even do that? <laughs> well, I always start with, well, I choose the story, and then I just write a little synopsis of the story. And then I choose music that goes along with it. So story Corrie Timboom, Boom, we started before the war began and then went through 
her life through her capture concentration camp and then after the war. And so I find music, some of it's instrumental, classical, then also there's some contemporary music and fit that all together and then write narration between the different scenes to help the audience follow. And then I assign the different pieces to different instructors at our school and we all come together and work on the choreography. So the last show we had um, 115 in our cast. So it was a pretty big cast. We performed wow. it twice. So, yeah. We're just moving from awestruck to <laughs> to blind awestruck. I, how do you even do all that and still help us with our magnum opus project, which is no little work. I yes. mean, anyone who's yeah. put together any kind of, you know, editing and graphics, you, you must squeeze 29 hours out of 24-hour day somehow. Sometimes I do. <laughs> yeah, I've also had to learn to just manage my time very well. So let me just describe for our listeners what the Magnum Opus magazine looks like. And, of course, you can just request one from our website. These are absolutely Mm -hmm. free. And we'll put a link in the show notes of how they can get this. But this is 54 pages of work that has been submitted to you that you and your interns review and make sure that it really is great work. And Mm -hmm. Megan, I know you know this, but perhaps our listeners don't. Because of the name Magnum Magnum Opus Magazine, we send a copy every year to Dr. Webster. (laughs) And sometimes we get some great feedback, other times we don't. So we really want to be sure that the work that is represented here will make him proud of the legacy that he is leaving. So this is for IEW students. Sometimes you've included a checklist of what they've used. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes there are illustrations provided by the students, perhaps Mm -hmm. the students themselves who wrote the article. Sometimes you have graphic designers who help out with the artistry. But overall, this is just, I love this this great work that you do every quarter now, Megan, because it shows our parents and teachers what is possible. These are students, and you always put the age, how old they are. This is the work that they're writing, and they can see, well, if you are, if you have a 12-year-old, you could turn to page 18 and see the work by Kaylin that she did at 12 years old, and perhaps your 12-year-old could write at this level or not, but this is a goal to aspire to reach. So I love that. But I also love that we give an opportunity for students to do great work with the opportunity, perhaps, of getting published in the magazine, which it's always easier to encourage students to do their best when they know that someday they will be performing. And and we have it organized by the units. Right. So that people who are familiar with the structure and style syllabus can say, aha, this is unit two, this is unit three, mm-hmm. this is writing from pictures unit five, this is a unit eight essay. So these are models also that teachers and parents can use of, you know, application of Mm -hmm. the syllabus there. I'm just curious. I don't really know, Megan, because you do this Mm -hmm. so much without my involvement, which is great. For this uh, print issue, how many submissions would you say you received and how many uh, are you able to fit into the 54 pages? 
Yeah, I mean, we fit in the majority of what is submitted. I, I would say if you submit work, most likely it will be published in some form, whether it's through our e-newsletters on the digital magazines or in the print magazine. It's very few students that don't get published because we're always happy to work with that student to get their work to publishable quality. Which I love that too, Megan. So a student that submits their work to you, if you want to use it, then one of your interns can then work with that student to make it a great work. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, we'll have a student who submits something and it's very creative. It's a great piece, but we might need to see just a little more IW style or there might be a few awkward sentences. So I love being able to email back that student, tell them it's a great piece. Here's a few things I need to see for it to really be publishable quality. And most of the time, the student really jumps on that, is very excited to be able to, to make a few changes and emails me back. And it's it's great. So I love that we can do that, too. Wow. So that really is fulfilling Dr. Webster's vision. Um, I love the cover. I, every every cover you've done, every magazine you've done has been great. But oh, I have you. to say, this one is the best. Oh, thanks. And that's a horrible thing because, you know, I guess you have to keep getting better. But <laughs> So you choose a theme, and this, yeah. this year's is inspiration. Mm-hmm. And you had that magnificent picture of of a dad holding a little boy, and they're both wearing red capes yeah. at sunset or sunrise. I'm not sure. How did you come up with that graphic? That is, it's just magnificent. Well, I usually just you know brainstorm, try to figure out you know what what the theme should be. And as I was, when we were thinking of inspiration, I started thinking of, you know, who inspires me, who inspires a lot of our students. And I just started thinking about the dynamics between like a, a child and a parent and how that's such a neat thing to portray inspiration. So that's really how I came up with it. Wow. I'm, I'm in awe. I, the, the, it's just a stunning. It should win an award. Can we <laughs> submit this to like the International Association of Magazine Publishers so they can give Megan Horst first place for superb magazine cover? I think the person that would be best qualified to know where to find those contests is actually <laughs> Megan, Megan and her experience with journalism. So, Megan, I know that you were able to inspire and cajole or whatever it took to get Andrew to submit an article. So you want to speak to uh. his article? <laughs> I always love it when Mr. Poudoua submits to the Magnum Opus magazine. Yeah, so the hero that he mentions in this, his article is Dr. Suzuki, and there's actually yeah. a picture here of Andrew being taught by Dr. Suzuki a, probably a very very young me <laughs> from uh, that would have been probably 1984 okay. somewhere around there so just a couple of years ago yeah yeah but uh, yeah I'll have to read that again I don't remember what I said but <laughs> but uh, it's good I was going to mention this is just a little humorous thing I don't know if I ever told you Megan but one we had published this thing, Magnum Opus, Magnum Opus, and then I started teaching Latin. And I learned that an adjective has to agree with the noun. And I looked at it and I thought, opus, that's, 
that's like a U.S. masculine second declension noun. But magnum, that's a neuter ending. We've got a neuter adjective with a masculine noun. And I was, <laughs> I was freaking out thinking we've printed dozens of thousands of these things and sent them out. And all the classical educators are going to look at us and say, what idiots, you can't match your adjective in your noun. And I, I was kind of panicking. And then it wasn't too long after that I discovered, much to my relief, opus is actually a third declension neuter noun. And so it is matching properly. <laughs> and I I told this I told this story to Shirley George, you know, Mrs. Ingham's daughter and uh, Dr. Webster's cousin. cousin. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shirley just chuckled, chuckled, said, "Well, I knew all along because I was actually going to be a high school Latin teacher and I I just accidentally started teaching first grade." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So, if anyone looks at that and says, "Opus um magnum" Now you know. It's to know. totally legit, proper Latin. Well, and I think of the movie, Mr. Holland's Opus, and he, he does a magnum opus, which I love that. It's a collection of all of his former musicians come together to play his magnum opus. So I think we're in good company. So, Megan, what do you find most gratifying in publishing and editing our magnum opus magazine? I just love the excitement from the students when their piece is published. Just a lot of excitement. I love being able to go back and forth with the students and with our illustrators as well. I haven't mentioned them, but we have a a whole lot of illustrators and some of them are our writers, but some of them are not. A lot of siblings of the writers and they submit just anything that they've drawn. Um, It can be any medium, so it can be in color, it can just be a sketch, it can be a digital animation, whatever they enjoy doing. Send me a piece of that and then I send them back a story of, can you illustrate this? And so then it's left to them just to be able to use their imagination to illustrate that story. And I always, I love seeing what they come up with. It's so much better than me telling them, can you do this exactly? Just leaving it to their imaginations. It really adds to the magazine having so many different imaginations illustrating it. Right. Andrew mentioned the nine units, but I also noticed you have poetry in here as well. Mm-hmm. We do. You, so you have a section on, on poetry so students can really just submit anything that they've written, whether it be prose or poetry, and they have a chance of getting published in this magazine. Yes, and we also accept fiction and journalism as well. Oh, great. So, yeah. Good. So we, when do we generally print this? The print magazine is released in February each year. Wow. So how far in advance do you have to start uh, preparing for that? I work on little pieces here and there throughout the, the whole year. But on the, our website under the writer's guidelines, we have a schedule for the writers so they can see when they need to submit for the different units and different categories. And does each online magazine have a theme as well? The digital magazines will. The newsletters that we do each month follow the units. So the unit is the theme, but the digital magazines will have a theme. And we're getting ready. The um, The first digital one in this series is the summer edition, and it's a an ocean tropical beach theme. And it's just about finished, so it should be released 
very soon. So Megan, you're telling me that in addition to running a ballet studio and choreographing, writing and choreographing pieces for your ballet studio, writing for writing articles for other print publications, you do for us and the Magnum Opus magazine a print publication once a year, a digital magazine three times a year, and a monthly newsletter. Girl, you're a busy girl. Yeah. <laughs> and and she's got a husband. Oh, and she has to take care of her which husband, too. that requires some time as well. And uh-huh. an ADHD dog, I yes. happen to know. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she had to put him in the other room so he wouldn't uh, disturb maybe, us. Yeah. Maybe we should do one on pets and animals. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> one of those and then things. her dog could be a cover photo. There, huh? Yeah, you know, he's very photogenic. He just doesn't like people. So, you know, he's fine with pictures. <laughs> it's just, you know, having people over is a challenge. Well, and I did want to mention one more opportunity just as we're, we're closing this. So parents and teachers, please request a copy of the Magnum Opus magazine by going to magnumopusmagazine.com. What could be easier? Mm-hmm. If you have a small business or even a large business and want to advertise in the Magnum Opus magazine, Megan has advertising packages available to you. Please buy an ad. She's working really hard. <laughs> that will help to pay what she is so worthy of receiving from us here at IEW. So, Andrew, any any thoughts you want to share? I, I just would make one little connection, and that is we had on our podcast interview several months ago Taylor Bennett, mm-hmm. who is also a girl who started her novel in her mid-teens. And she Porch swing girl. And she has just yes. had that published, uh, or will be very shortly. It, it has and been a published. Contract. It, it has been. now, yeah. And, and a contract for a few more books. And she is one of your interns, right, who helps you with the content here. She started as an intern, but she's an assistant editor now. So she does a lot of the, the editing for the magazine. The very first round of edits usually goes through Taylor. So she's great to work with. I just love it, this, this kind of generational mentorship thing that we've got going here with Megan's mom. And Megan takes over and becomes this leader of this effort for us and then she's got young Taylor Bennett who's not so young anymore it's uh, it's just so exciting for me to see how you know the kids that we we met or met us when they were young are now part of our team right along with several of the young people in the office right so Megan I happen to know that if I were to ask you what request would you have of our listeners, you would likely say, please submit your stories. Please submit your great works. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you go to the website, uh, we have a writer's guidelines tab there, and it's very detailed on exactly what we're looking for, how to format it, how to submit. So it's very easy if you just go and click on writer's guidelines, the page comes up, and that's all you need. Great. You know, the thing... Julie, you know how we talk about with our customer service people that you can hear a smile through the phone? Yes. I can totally hear and simultaneously imagine, because I've met her many times, Megan's smile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's just like, 
Yes, yes. go to the website. <laughs> She's so happy to it, share that idea. Yeah. It's so easy. You too can. So, well, thank you. Thank you for everything you do. And we'll see where this goes. And who knows? I hope that someone will put it in for an award-winning <laughs> magazine and that we can then talk to you again a year or two from now. How does it feel to be the editor of this famous, world, <laughs> n- world-renowned, world award-winning literary magazine? <laughs> we have great vision for you, Megan. So. Thank you for your hard work. Yeah. Well, you better get back to work. You've got ballets to plan and yeah. summer programs to operate, huh? Well, well, God bless you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on here. Thank you, Megan. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudois and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking. 